What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Episode 10 of Throwing Bows podcast brought to you by the Coda Sports Gambling Network. Man, oh man, what a weekend. UFC 267, electric, 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 electric. Great card. Uh, top to bottom, really. I, I didn't feel like there was a bad fight on the card. And we're back. We're so back. I mean, we we killed it this weekend um, compared to we had the, the two losing weekends in a row and we killed it this weekend. So I just want to recap that quickly. Uh, you know, we got UFC 268 coming up this weekend, boots on the ground. I'll touch on that a little bit more later. Um, but yeah, I wanted to recap this weekend since there was, there was so many fights, there was so many big fights. Um, so yeah, let's jump into the prelims that we broke down. Uh, first, we got Marquand and Mirakani coming in as a plus 265 favorite uh, versus or underdog again, Lerone Murphy who is a minus 350 favorite I thought Amir Khani looked amazing like he looked he looked very good in round one he looked like he should be the big favorite which again is kind of what I had said you know on this show uh going into it I thought it was a lot more 50 50 than it was made out to be his grappling looked amazing um we had Amir Khani at plus 240 so we got him out of the money line and we also had over two and a half rounds at minus 105 I took Murphy just kind of hedging as a, as a first leg on a five fighter uh, favorites parlay. But again, I, I felt really good about Amir Khani after round one, but then <laughs> he shot, he shoots that double leg. Murphy lands the knee, just vicious knee knocks him out. Uh, that was probably the best knockout on the card. Uh, he didn't take Murphy didn't take too much damage in this fight. So I wouldn't expect like crazy long before return, but I know he's kind of a guy that, that takes some time in between fights. I was looking at the rankings, maybe like Andre Feely or Sodic Yusuf in a return. I think that would be fun. Um, I, he definitely is not as good as he was made out to be before this fight. His grappling needs a ton of work. He's young. Uh, he's still, you know, a good prospect, but I think Amir Khani was slept on heavy going into this fight. If he powers through that, that double leg, most likely it ends up the same as the first round and, and we hit those, but that's all right. Uh, Murphy, like I said, hits leg one of the five fighter parlay for us. Uh, then we had Albert Duraev, minus 325 favorite versus Roman Kapilov, plus 250 dog. I, I'm really bummed out that we didn't get Duraev by sub here. We were we were so close to, uh, but Kapilov did look really good, especially early. Um, honestly, I was a little worried about this and I wouldn't have even minded betting him at plus 250 like looking at this performance he looked better than that or maybe derived just looked worse than that but derived definitely turned it around got the decision win uh like I said we had derived by sub at plus 140 which it seems like a just a bad price looking back on it but he was also really really close we did have him as the second leg in that five fighter parlay um, I'm not sure how fast they'll want to move him up. Like he did look really good in this fight, but he didn't necessarily look dominant enough to be like, okay, let's give him a much bigger name. Uh, again, was looking at the rankings. I'm, I'm not sure when he's going to return. Um, maybe he should just take some time in the gym, take a little bit of time off. I know he had this quick turnaround from contender series, but Lesio to Kiriko could be a good matchup. If Serkinov stays at middleweight, I think that could be a fun matchup. That, that could be a really good fight. A lot of grappling going on there or two grapplers. So naturally, they'll just stay in the whole fight. But yeah, Duraev, I, I think he's a good prospect. Like I said, a little bit disappointed that we didn't get that round or that we didn't get that submission, but that's all right. He still cashes as the second leg in the parlay for us. 
Uh, going into the final prelim that we had talked about, Amanda Hibas coming in as a minus 165 favorite versus Verna Jandaroba, who's a plus 135 dog. So I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Verna walked out to Island Boys. And just as B-Russ and I had talked about on, on the show last week, and I was terrified. I was like, oh, my goodness, she is going to kill Hibas. You don't walk out to Island Boys and lose. But and, and, and again, early, it looked like it. Like I said, uh, Amanda Hibas' biggest downfall is striking defense. And Jandarobo was touching her up early in this fight. I was a little bit worried, uh, but Hibas pulls it out. She looked great in rounds two and three. Uh, we had Hibas money line, minus 165. You know, I, I didn't throw her any, any parlays or anything, but I, I did think this was a fight she should win. She looked good on all areas. Uh, Strawweight, kind of a weird division, but maybe Michelle Watterson, Claudia Gadela next. I don't know. There's a lot of spots for her, for her to go. And I think if you look back on her resume, like most recently, a loss to Marina Rodriguez is not bad. Like I think that's gonna, that's a win, a loss that's going to age really, really well. Um, so yeah, I think Hibas has has a real future in this division. She's obviously been in it for a little while. Um, but she, I think she possibly could have another run in her as long as she uh, can get that striking defense up. Before we get into the main card, I want to tell you guys about Rogue Energy. Throwing Bows is sponsored by Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is an alternative to the sugary energy drinks that can make you get a boost of energy and crash quickly, while also putting a lot of sugar into your body. Rogue Energy comes in four unique product lines to best suit your personal needs. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focused ingredients without the added caffeine, so you can drink it anytime you're thirsty. Finally, their shake formula is a delicious zero-calorie energy milkshake. And the thing that also makes Rogue Energy unique from other powdered drinks is that it dissolves super well, so you're not going to find any chalky textures in their drink. With over 10 different flavors to choose from, we at the Coda Sports Gambling Network definitely recommend Rogue Energy. So go to their website, www.rogueenergy.com, and use the promo code CODA, K-O-T-A, to receive 10% off your order. Again, www.rogueenergy.com, and use the promo code CODA, K-O-T-A. Let's move on to the main card. We had six fights on this main card. Absolute heater. Uh, It was awesome. Again, every fight delivered. There wasn't anything that I thought was boring. A um, couple finishes. It was big. It was a great card. So, yeah, let's start out. Magomed Ankalaev coming in as minus 325 favorite versus Volkan Uzdemir plus 250 dog. Uh, I, I can't lie. Like, Uzdemir had me a little bit worried. He landed a couple big shots uh, at certain times in the fight. But Ankalaev is just he, – he's built different. Like, he, he's dominant. He looked great. Uh, I know he wanted the finish, but this was a big win, and I think it showed how much he can dominate over three rounds. He's going to be a real problem at light heavyweight. He really is. Like, There's some guys ahead of him that have no business being ahead of him in the rankings. He's legit, so I think we have a real real title contender on our hands. Um, I had him in a three-leg parlay, and he was also the third fight in the five-leg parlay. Um, so, yeah, we didn't have any like single bets on Uncle Live just because of the price, but he killed it for us in these parlays um, where he goes next. Again, he, I don't think he took a ton of damage as we've seen with a lot of, lot of winners on this card. Um, but I don't know where he goes next. Anthony Smith, if they don't make that rackage fight, 
uh, if they don't if they don't have Anthony Smith versus Rakic too, I think that would be an amazing fight, a great stepping stone for him too, like a real real step up in competition. Uzdemir is very good, don't get me wrong, but Anthony Smith is hot. Um, I could even see them making that Rakic fight. I think that has a lot more draw than an Anthony Smith fight, and and also just kind of separates one of the two of them. Otherwise, like if those dudes fight, maybe you give them Dom Reyes. I know Dom Reyes is on the way down, um, but Jan beat him, and then Yuri beat him too. So it's kind of like the top two of the top contenders now have have beat him. So maybe it's kind of a stepping stone, but also a real step up in competition. Don't feed him Tiago Santos. He would kill him. So I think, yeah, my my wants are Anthony Smith one, Alexander Rakic two, and and Dom Reyes three. Let's move on. Our boy here at Throwing Bows. One of my favorite fighters, Hamzat Chemaev, minus 525 favorite versus Li Jingliang, a plus 365 dog. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I just, he's the best in the world. He's the best 170-pounder in the world. Kamaru Usman is obviously unbelievable, number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. I just, I don't see how Usman beats him. I know it's just Li Jingliang, but people don't do to Li Jingliang what Hamzat Chemaev did to him is downright disrespectful he lifted him up in the air walked him over to dana white talked to him talked to dana white slammed him on the ground beat him up choked him out i mean you don't do that like that was it was disrespectful it was insane he's he's unbelievable he's the best i love him so much he is a dog uh easy submission cash i i did sprinkle a little on Li Jingling at plus 425 i was like a little bit worried about that covid stuff i know i had mentioned like i don't see it impacting him but i did want to sprinkle it on it just because but i did hit hamzat sub at plus 225 he cashes the second leg of the three fighter parlay the fourth leg of the five fighter parlay and i did take a submission parlay with him as the first leg so I mean, it was, he was amazing. He looked so good. I have no idea where he goes next. He's going to be anybody at welterweight six through 10. Like he would start all of those guys. He called out Nate Diaz. I have no idea why. I think he would kill Nate Diaz, but also Nate Diaz isn't a super ideal fight. Like he's next to impossible to finish. So, I mean, unless he choked him out or something, but again, I don't think he wants to go on the ground with Nate except for ground and pound, but I, so that's just not an ideal fight for for him in my eyes. But there are a couple guys, Vicente Luque, Gilbert Burns. I think if either of those dudes would be would be game, I think that that those are the fights to make. You don't, yeah, I, I get you want to you know put put him into it slowly. He's you know, but he's he's one of the best prospects of all time. He's unbelievable. The way he has dominated four UFC fights has been struck three times he's he's unreal so yeah i i love the dude he cashed for us in a big way and uh he's the best 170 in the world i'm saying it now let's get on to some heavyweights though alexander volkov coming in as a minus 300 favorite versus marcin tybura at plus 235 dog tybura did what i expected him to do in this fight he shot takedown after takedown after takedown but i didn't expect volkov's defense to be this good I know his his takedown defense percentage was just weird because of the Curtis Blades fight, but his defense has improved a ton. I'm pretty sure he stuffed close to like 15 takedowns. Tybura didn't land one. 
I took Tybura at plus 235 and I still don't hate it. Like, I think that was a fair price. He looked all right. Um, and I think if he lands a couple of those takedowns, you know, he can, he can win a couple of those rounds. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know. This was probably the most boring fight on the card and it was still felt like a really good fight. You just never knew with, with heavyweights. Um, I also took fight does go the distance at plus 110. So we hit that. So I can't be mad about that. Uh, Volkov looks really solid, but I'm not really sure where he goes next. Like I said in, in the show for last week for our picks, like all of his losses are really good, but he doesn't really have the wins. Like his wins are against not great names. It seems like every time he gets that step up in competition, he loses. And I think that's, that's what comes next. Maybe Jarzinho Rosenstreich would be a fun fight, a fun striking fight. Um, Tom Aspinall, if he wants to, if, if Aspinall wants to take that leap, I know he's like taking things slower. Um, he called out like, I forget who he called out last, but someone barely in the top 15, like he wants to fight one, one spot ahead of him, but I, I think it would be a big jump, but it's a good fight. I think that would be, that would be another big fight to make. So Volkov looked good. Takedown defense looked awesome. I think if he fought Curtis Blades again, it could be a really interesting fight eventually down the road. Um, but he also, I, I don't know how much longer he has left in his UFC career. He's definitely on the, on the downhill. So maybe only one more run left in him. Moving on, Islam Makachev, minus 575 favorite versus Dan Hooker, plus 390. Um, I want to start by saying, like, Dan Hooker, a lot of respect to him for taking this fight. Uh, this is one of the scariest dudes in the division. Nobody would take this fight. And Dan Hooker showed up, you know, after just fighting five weeks prior. And uh, it looked like it, but also he's – he was game and it, it was awesome. But Islam is, in my opinion, the best 55er in the world. Like, I really think we saw the best 70 in the world and the best 55er in the world on the same card um, that are both, neither of them are the champ. Um, no one should do what he did to Dan Hooker. It was like, again, he just beat him up, took him down, had his way. Deep waters, just like Islam always does. He's a dog, had Khabib in the corner, um, give him that advice to, to put the leg over Dan's head to finish that Kimura. Awesome. Amazing finishing him by Kimura as well. I thought Dan's shoulder was going to rip into a thousand pieces. Uh, it was, it was crazy, but I did see something on, on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that said it was like five versus six ranking, just like Habib versus Michael Johnson was. And it ended in Kimura just like Khabib and Michael Johnson did. And both demanded title shots like right after. And I think that's just so cool just seeing the, the torch being passed. Yeah, it sucks that we don't get to see Khabib fight anymore, but I think Khabib says it best. He's like, look, you don't get me anymore, but you get the next best thing. And, and Islam is truly the next best thing. And I'm, I think Islam will probably go, go longer than Habib does. He's also a big 55 or he could move up to 70. Um, we could see, we could see some big things there. I sprinkled uh, right before on, on Dan Hooker, by knockout just because i was like you know we might as well give it a shot but i took islam by sub at plus 200 i thought that was a stupid price it, i'm not sure when they'll learn to fix islam by submission odds i don't know how he's a minus 575 favorite and he finishes most of his fights by submission and that was at plus 200 i whatever uh, i sprinkled on decision 
uh, at minus 120. Islam cashes for us with the submission, loses on the decision, um, but he does cash the three-fighter parlay. Um, he cashes the five-fighter parlay, and he was the second leg of the submission parlay of Chemayev plus Islam, um, which cashed at plus 1,000. So the three-fighter parlay cashed at minus 129, the five-fighter cashed at plus 200, and the two-fighter submission parlay cashed at plus 1,000. So Islam really, really came up clutch here, closed it out for us. He's a monster. He's the best 55 in the world. I say give him the winner of Gaethje Chandler, give him Darush, give him the title shot. I don't think it matters. He's going to be there in just a matter of time. I don't think there's anybody. I mean, realistically, he's better than Oliveira. Poirier would probably be an interesting matchup. Gaethje would be an interesting matchup. He's better than Chandler. He's better than Darush. So it's like, he, he's the best. I think Poirier and Gaethje would be fun fights, but um, but either way, it doesn't matter who you give him next. He's winning that belt. Moving on, though, co-main event of the evening, the 135-pound interim title fight, Piotr Jan coming in as a minus 250 favorite versus Corey Sandhagen, who was a plus 200 dog. This was a banger. And just as I suspected, I said this is my real main event of the night. Corey looked great. Mad props to him for stepping in, uh, fighting TJ Dillashaw not that long ago. I want to say it was like August, late July. Either way, um, mad props to him for stepping in for Aljamain Sterling in this fight. But Piotr Jan is just the man. Like, his grappling is so underrated. His takedown defense is incredible. He's smart. I know he wasn't smart in the in the, in the the Aljo fight, but he's, he's smart. His striking is the best in the division. Uh, like I said, fight of the night in my eyes. Both guys killed it. Um, I'm so ready for Jan versus TJ Dillashaw. Like, Piotr Jan versus TJ Dillashaw is going to be, in my opinion, uh, I'm predicting it's going to be one of my favorite fights of all time. I say forget Aljamain Sterling. He doesn't deserve a shot anymore. Give him some time. Piotr Jan is the absolute man. Only thing I had for this fight, though, was Piotr Jan in a two-fighter parlay um, with the main event. So, you know, I didn't really take too much on these on the co-main in the main just because I was I was confident in Jan and I thought I was confident in Blahovich, But it was it's one of those things where sometimes the main and the co-main get that extra money and it's worth it to, to do more of like a sprinkle on those. But, yeah, I think Aljamain Sterling is probably going to say he wants the title shot next. I don't know if it happens. TJ Dillashaw. I mean, he like he's going to be out for a long time. So I, I guess I don't know what the next step is here. We wait for all Jermaine, I assume to try to unify, but I don't know when he's going to fight again. So we'll see. I'm excited either way. I think Peter Jan's going to hold this belt for a long time. He's very special. I think he'll eventually go down as one of the best 35ers of all time, but moving on to this main event, Jan Blahovich minus 300 favorite versus Glover Teixeira plus two, 35. This was the second leg of this parlay where I had Piotr Jan. I also had Jan Blahovich. Wow. I mean, that's all I have to say. Like, I'm very, very happy for Glover to share. He deserves it. He, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. I, I felt like it was a better fight than the price was saying, but I, I didn't see this coming. I mean, he he looked awesome. His grappling looked incredible. His striking looked good. 
I thought Jan Blachowicz looked lost out there. It was weird. It almost looked like he was just giving it to Glover for free. I don't, I don't know. I was, I was shocked, honestly. This isn't the same Jan Blachowicz that we saw versus Dominic Reyes. This isn't the same Jan Blachowicz that we saw versus Izzy. I don't know. It, it felt weird. It didn't feel like he had the drive all fight week, I guess. It, yes, I understand that you want to respect your opponent and everything, but he didn't seem like he wanted to fight Glover Teixeira. So, I don't know. And he, he just didn't look good. But the only thing, like I said, I took in this fight anyway was Jan in the second leg of that parlay with Piotr Jan. And uh, so we miss on that. But it's got to be Yuri Prohaska next for, for the belt. Like, there's no way. I mean, Yuri Yuri's the man. I think he's going to give Glover a good t- shot for his money, a good run for his money. Glover wins the belt at 42 years old. Uh, I'm excited for that for that next fight. Uh, Glover's grappling looked amazing. I think it's going to give Yuri some problems. I'm assuming Glover's going to want to fight soon. He doesn't, he didn't take like any damage and he doesn't have that much time left. So where does he go from here? I don't know. You know, hopefully like if he defends against Yuri, I, I think maybe he's, he's got to look at retirement. Eventually the dude's 42. So I think Yuri next. And we will go from there. I think Glover has an edge in the grappling, but Yuri's got an obvious advantage in the striking. So we'll see. It's going to be a fun fight. Light heavyweight. A lot of question marks right now at the top, but I think we are in good hands. Yuri, Rakic, Magomed Ankalaev. It's good to see some of those guys on this card. Light heavyweight. We'll be back, I think. But as of right now, weird division. To share a winning doesn't help anything. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, great fight. We miss on that parlay, like I said, but that is all right. Overall on the day, we finished seven and seven, but we finished plus 10.62 units. So huge day, huge day, huge day, massive win. We are so back. Like I said, we, we had those two losing weeks in a row and we are so back. I mean that we killed it a uh, great day overall and looking to continue the, the, the success this week, UFC 268, Boots are going to be on the ground. Can't wait. Two title fights, big contender fights, big prospects coming up. Um, like I said, I'm on the new book now, so props are available. And our first week with the props, we finish up almost 11 units. It's crazy. So I think I'm going to keep keep looking for those, hitting those. Um, the problem is when I record the podcast early in the week, uh, props aren't normally out until later in the week. So what we will do like going forward is just discuss you know, what our thoughts are on, on some of the props, whether they're, uh, whether the odds are out or not. And then, like I said, always look out for my, my cards being tweeted out at bomb flu choke at throwing underscore bows on Twitter. Otherwise, maybe I'll start, you know, writing just quick blogs with, with official plays and whatnot. You can check those out at www.codasportscappers.com. All the cappers, Going crazy, content being pushed out. Everybody's hot. At Coda Cappers on Twitter, we're going crazy. Um, back on the winning streak, like I said, big time week coming up. Excited to be in New York City. Excited to see these fights. Boots are on the ground. Content coming. Can't wait. We paid some rents this weekend. Let's do it again uh, this upcoming weekend. And until then, I'll have a show later for you guys this week. And until then, appreciate you guys listening. And uh, yeah. We'll talk soon.